Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the I Am Ready podcast. We are back. It is a new year. We have a new co-host. I am Lisa Driscoll-Hoxby. I'm the Business Development Specialist with Ready, and I'm really excited this year because we're going to have some new guests, and I have a new co-host with me, and that is our esteemed board chair, Todd Hohen. Todd? Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited to be here. We're happy to have you. Well, I tell you what, it's an honor to have an opportunity to chair the Ready Board, and it's and it's an honor to have an opportunity to visit with our guests this morning. And I'll tell you, I'm a bit nervous because, you know, this is Bernie Andrews. This is the guy that's responsible for so many economic development success stories in Columbia over the past 27 and a half years. You know, he's one of the reasons that Hawthorne Bank had an opportunity to expand into Columbia in 2007 because of the growth and opportunity that you've helped create here. So I guess what I'm saying is it's a sincere honor to have an opportunity to learn a little bit more about Bernie the man and uh, hear about your life. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. I just take it as I'm old. I've been here a long time, more than anything else. But no, it's an honor to work at Ready, and it's just been great over the years. We've had so many great board members and community leaders involved with Ready. It has been 27 years for me. started in October of 1996, and there's also been many changes at Ready over the time, too. So uh, one question I've been wanting to ask you is, how did you get your start in economic development? Can you tell us a little bit about how you started off? It was a little bit probably by accident. I grew up in St. Louis, and that, first of all, begs the St. Louis question, what high school did you go to? So I'll get it out of the way. I went to Riverview Gardens in North County. So that's where I'm from. I always want to be an oceanographer. So first year in college, I went to Florida Institute of Technology Nice to be an oceanographer. But at the time, my dad was working. My brother was here at MU. My mom was in college at the same time. She went late and I wasn't getting any financial aid. So it's like, I probably shouldn't be doing that to my dad. I'll come back, go to the state school. And if I ever get the passion to go back to oceanography, I'll try and make it. So I came to MU for my sophomore year. Didn't really have a plan on what I wanted to do. I know I like some business courses and some economics courses and also geography. And I took a class undergraduate called economic geography, which basically talked about location theory and the theory of why business businesses locate where they do and, you know, the whole farm to market dynamic. And I just found that interesting. So finished my undergraduate degree, went back to St. Louis and worked for a year at a uh, A.J. Edwards stock brokerage firm in their headquarters operation and came back to Mizzou to get a master's in community development. That's how I got started. My first job after grad school was Department of Economic Development in Jefferson City. Didn't know a whole lot about the state of Missouri back then, but I got to travel all over Missouri, all the small towns, the large towns, and at St. Louis and Kansas City. Got to work with communities that were interested in job creation. Got to work with existing companies. And at the end of my time down there, started working in business attraction, trying to attract companies to Missouri. So one of them that our team worked on was Harley-Davidson that's located outside Kansas City, was one of the projects there. So that's how I got my start in economic development, um, how I got my start at Ready. I worked with a guy named Rick McDowell at the Department of Economic Development. He was hired. So Ready started in 1988. Bill Watkins was the first president of Ready. He hired Rick to do marketing 91 or 90. 
92. I was a good friend of Rick. We had traveled on trips together. Even when he was at Ready and I was with the state, we'd go on marketing trips and call on businesses. So when Bill Watkins became the assistant city manager, Rick came uh, president of Ready and he hired me. That's how I got to Ready. Very good. That's a good story. <laughs> I bet it was fascinating to have an opportunity to travel around the state of Missouri with the Department of Economic Development because I feel like Missouri is such a diverse state. You know, St. Louis, Kansas City, but beautiful country. Yeah. The southern half of the state, you know, has a lot of unique characteristics. We've got the northern part that's got more agricultural industry. It's just mm-hmm. a fascinating state. It really is. Actually, my territory for a while was southeast Missouri. So Highway 67 from St. Louis down to like Poplar Bluff. It's some beautiful country down there and some hills. Yeah, all over. I, I went to northwest Missouri as far as you can go up there and everywhere else in between. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome story, Bertie. Thanks for sharing it. So you kind of alluded to your time at Ready and some things that you've seen that have been changes. So talk to us about some of the progression of Ready as you've seen it and where it has grown to and why those changes were necessary or what they have done to really foster economic development in our community. When I first started at Ready, we basically did attraction. We had four and a half staff, so not really much less staff than we have now. Really focused on business attraction, and we had some not great great years. When I first started Ready, we didn't have a lot of product and we didn't have incentives. So one of the things that the Ready has done over the years was did a several year study on uh, the use of incentives, which ones would make the most sense for Columbia. And that led to the Chapter 100 policy that the county adopted back in 2005. And that's really been a game changer for us in terms of the attraction of new businesses because it's really like anything else. It's competitive. Communities want jobs. They will compete for them by offering incentives and tax abatement. And if you don't have something to offer, a lot of people won't even consider you. I mean, it'd be like a football team that doesn't offer scholarships. Probably not going to be a very good football team. So that's one of the changes. One of the big changes over the last five, seven years has been the entrepreneurship effort. Things like the hub programs now, like the shops at Sharp End and kind of respecting the heritage of Columbia and the black history of this block here that Reddy's on. And I, that's been really cool to see from a, a community standpoint. You just tell the buzz when you walk down to the hub or even a Reddy board meeting now, a lot of new faces and a lot of more, a lot more energy and more excitement about Reddy than has been in the past. Absolutely. It's fun to see the community building going on here at Reddy to where it's full spectrum economic development, it's recruitment, it's nurturing startups, it's yeah. focusing on our existing legacy employers and taking care of their needs. So I imagine over the course of your career, you've had so many high stakes situations where you're negotiating with a potential employer that's considering Columbia and it means jobs and opportunity for our area. And it's confidential. You're signing non-disclosure agreements, confidentiality agreements, and you have incentives. And of course, they're comparing that stuff. And I know it's, it's very competitive, but when you're sitting down with these people outside of that, What makes Columbia special in your eyes? How do you try to sell Columbia in those situations? Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, from a business perspective, we are in the central part of the U.S. in the middle of the United States, so good location. We're on I-70. We've got 63. We do have a commercial airport with flights to Chicago and Dallas. So all those things are important for businesses to get product in and out and people in and out. We're not a big city, but we're, i say, a college town with a research university here, which is important to a lot of companies. 
everything from a branch plant that might be doing some R&D on a product. You've got available engineering talent and good work ethic of people may not have a college degree. Those are some of the things that we talk about. Usually on any location, some management will move here. It may just be a handful of folks, but they want to come here and see that there's good housing, good schools, you know, the quality of life issues, and that's always important. So we'd always rank or rate pretty high on that. And you know, typically we find that once someone locates here and maybe runs a plant or is in a management position, they typically don't want to leave. And sometimes they have to as part of the job to advance their career. But we're a big enough city to offer a lot of amenities for people to go along with just, if, for example, if it's a manufacturing or production operation, that they're going to hire a lot of local so. I, I agree. I think I, personally, from my experience, I've certainly fallen in love with Columbia and our community and in this area of the world. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Bernie, we are going to Todd alluded to like over the years, you know, all kinds of high stake deals. Obviously, it's awesome when they all work out. It's a big boon for our community. But I want to know, I'm from a fishing family. My dad was a competitive fisher for a long time in tournaments, all types of things. And being around him and his friends growing up, there's always the stories about the one that got away. Mm -hmm. And so is there a particular for you, one of those that you just lament that you're just like, gosh, or have you been able to successfully reel in all the the big (laughs) ones that you were like, yeah, I knew I had it under control. No, actually, probably a project I mentioned, it was one that got away. We had tried to, in like 2008, 2009, there's a lot of data center development going on and technology development around university towns. We hired a consultant out of Austin, Texas that came up to look at the community, and we asked him to identify some areas or industries that we might want to try and attract. And he said one of them was data centers. And I wasn't really familiar with what data centers were. I mean, they're not call centers. They're basically the computer servers and some people running them, but not a great number of people. But they use a lot of energy, tremendous amount of investment. So a lot of real and personal property taxes generated. So we had them do a study. And then from that, we actually identified a site up in Northeast Columbia, the Ewing site, that actually had a lot of the infrastructure in place. It had substation transmission lines. It was up there by the city's gas peaking plant. It was maybe a backup type of energy source if uh, the power went out. So we started marketing that site as a data center location. And we got a number of big projects that looked at us. One of them was, and this was back 2010, I think, was a data center project that came from CBRE, National Real Estate Firm, called Project Unicorn. And it was going to be starting at $200 million or so, three or 400,000 square foot data center, but maybe expandable up to 800,000 square feet. So they came in, they spent, I want to say, six to eight months on that project, made several site visits with their team to Columbia, looked at everything, our infrastructure, our energy rates, all the utility costs and everything associated with data centers, including earthquake potential, all the risk factors. We were on the short list. I called us and let us know we were the runner-up. We finished number two. The project went to Kings Mountain, North Carolina, into an established data center park Mm -hmm. out there. And so that one, we really wanted to see after we did this study and they said, oh, you'd be a great location for data centers to be able to land a big data center. And it didn't happen. We did a debrief with them and asked them why. 
And it basically because this wasn't a data center park. It was a greenfield site. Everything was new. They would have been the pioneers here. And their goal as a company and as the consultant is to minimize the risk. And there was risk minimization things done in North Carolina to make it easier there. So that's probably the biggest fish that got away that would have been nice to have. After that, we did have a couple of other data center projects that looked at us that were pretty sizable, but we never made it as far as we did on, on that one. And now things have changed. I don't think we have as much power capacity up there, so I don't think we'd ever be able to get land a big data center like that anymore. As you look forward to 2024, that's a great story. I remember hearing about that in the news yep. and reading about it and, and knowing that it would have been a big deal for Columbia. So what, in your mind are the biggest challenges that, that Columbia faces as we try to recruit employers and companies to the market? And mm-hmm. what do we need to be focusing on to make us more attractive? One of the biggest things is always companies either start looking for an existing building or a site that has the infrastructure in place ready to go. The inventory is very, very low or non-existent for anything over 20,000 square feet. And we're challenged on sites now that have infrastructure and I mean all infrastructure in place, including sewer. We have the Cartwright Industrial Park down by the airport. Slurry Power Field put in place. It's got infrastructure. Probably couldn't handle a large water user like a food processing type company now. So there's certain types of projects that would work down there, but we've attracted Swift Prepared Foods, Aurora Organic Dairy. We have some other, you know, Kraft Heinz is here in town. Probably couldn't attract another company like that because we don't have a site that can handle the water and the wastewater requirements. Always continuing to try and find sites that we can put into place. As you know, the last several years have been very challenging for employees, and that's nationwide. Every every business is having to raise wages and try all sorts of things to make sure that they can operate and find a qualified workforce to run their operations. So that's going to continue to be a challenge, I think, with the demographics of the U.S., less high school people, more people retiring. I see more automation coming in terms of manufacturing, which still requires skilled employees to work and run run the plants. So I think it's good that things like MACC have put in a mechatronics program in place. Rankin's coming here. The university's got a number of innovative programs and can do some customized training. So I think workforce development is going to continue to be critical for the next many years in economic development. I agree. And and I think the university is doing such a good job of continuing to recruit students to the university. And so I think we have a real opportunity to try to retain more of those folks long term in our community to help combat that workforce issue. Of course, it's a complicated and challenging problem to tackle. For sure. Absolutely. And yeah, just at the last board meeting, they talked about the incoming what they project for the incoming uh, enrollment in the fall, and it seems pretty good, pretty stable, and a lot of colleges, universities can't say that. So. Yeah, that's great news. It's almost the equivalent of growing the student body in a, in a time when mm-hmm. colleges are holding steady. Mm-hmm. All right, Bernie, we're going to turn, we're going to shift things just a little bit, and we're going to talk more about Bernie as the person, okay. not Bernie as the professional. Right. <laughs> and so, although this does have professional nuances to it, folks in leadership positions, we're very fortunate in Columbia that a lot of those folks understand that it's not just going to work every day, but there is a sense of obligation to the greater community. And that comes from partnering with different organizations, maybe serving on their board, things of that nature. And so I know that that's the same for you. And so 
you currently serve on, I know at least one board. We'd love to hear about the different organizations that you're involved with and why you've actually chosen of all the places you have anybody would know more about what's going on. Why did you choose these particular organizations to become involved with? What about them makes you feel like this is a worthy use of your time? Yeah, I'm on one board right now, Central Missouri Subcontracting Enterprises, which used to be Central Missouri Sheltered Enterprises, and basically a sheltered workshop. I was on the board, I want to say six years, and then I was off the board and I've started another three-year term. It's a great organization. I know you've been on the tour out there. I was invited to be on the board when I worked in Jeff City and commuted with a guy whose daughter had Down syndrome. And she worked at Central Missouri Sheltered Enterprises at that time. And he invited me to be on the board, which is basically an organization that works with people with developmental and physical disabilities and gives them employment. They actually do work for a number of businesses in town, and that supports, that generates a lot of revenue to run their operations. And they also get some other state funding also. But when I went on a tour, I mean, you just see how happy these people are to be working. They work at their own pace. They're working, you know, some of them in pods and getting to socialize with other people. It gets them out of the home and where they can feel productive. And it's just cool every time I take a tour of that place. Also, my wife, who was an occupational therapist, she retired from Columbia Public Schools. She worked in special ed and worked with people with physical and developmental disabilities. And so she was there so long, some of her students would graduate and go on there. And she had some students there. And I just think it's a great organization. They do a lot. And that's why I'm on the board there. I've been on the board of actually Job Point back when it was Advent Enterprises, and I think just changing their name or when they were going through that transition. And same thing, they just work to train people for employment opportunities. And on both of them, I think, you know, with the businesses and the business community that I, my connections, I can, in some instances, help them make connections for either more business or other connections into the business community. Try not to get on too many boards and overextend (laughs) myself because this job has some travel commitments. And then plus, I could get a call today about a project and they're going to want everything in a week, week and a half. And that just consumes your life. And so pretty much everything else goes off to the side when, when a lead or a project comes in. So I try not to overextend myself. I'm getting too many outside commitments. Yeah, I would say that's wise. Do you enjoy that aspect of the job when something comes up and you've got to head out maybe with little notice? And, and Yeah, I mean, that, that's the exciting part of the job, really. You know, the project management aspect. Here's the project. Here's all the things they need. Some of them are challenges for us, but just trying to meet the challenge and put together the best package that we can to, to see if we can at least make the short list for a project. So yeah, that, that's that's the fun part of the job for me. It's never boring. There's always a new project that's exciting. Yeah, it's not not a boring job by any means. Yeah, well, and you're obviously an all-star problem solver, which I know that you are. I've got a question. I imagine there's a lot of younger people that may listen to this podcast and may hear what you have to say and think about what you do and say, that sounds like something I'd like to do. What advice would you give to somebody who may want to fill your shoes someday? Probably to get into an organization like State Department of Economic Development or the Missouri Partnership. Just kind of get in at the ground floor and try out different aspects in economic development and see what you like. You might like trying attraction or you may 
be more geared to work with entrepreneurs and startups, but you'll get the experience and you'll get to, you know, a lot of volume to work with. You know, for example, at the state, you're going to work with communities all over the state. That's one thing I've noticed when I started. Site selection consultants were a lot. These were seasoned people, mostly in their 50s and 60s when I started. And now we'll go on these site selection visits. And site selection consultants are the age of my kids, you know, my sons sometimes. But they all started the same way. They either started with a state organization or a utility company or like a regional economic development organization. Got their foot in the door and just used their talent and their determination to move up up the ladder. So I would just say, look at that and also be prepared to move around in this job if you want to advance. I've been fortunate to live here in Columbia the whole time I've done economic development. I've worked in Jeff City or here at Ready. But yeah, you may have to move around to a bigger city or a different city to, to advance your career. So keep that in mind too. Okay. Awesome. Well, we have kind of come to the natural close of this episode, but one thing that we like to do, Bernie, is we always like to give our guests kind of the open floor to be able to kind of, there's anything that we didn't cover that you really wanted to cover or you have any closing thoughts today. We're just going to turn it over to you and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> closing thoughts. Well, I do have a question for Todd. Oh, there we I, go. I did Perfect. pull out Ready's 1996 annual report to look at how many investors we had. Just, I was just curious. We had about 55. One of them was a Thomas Hoing yeah. with a bank here in town. Any relative? Yeah. So that's my father. He moved to Columbia in 1994, I believe. Okay. And president of Bowman's Bank, if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, and then they were, of course, purchased by Nations Bank and then Bank of America. But yeah, so he came to Columbia, really liked it. And uh, that's how I ended up here, is, okay. is having family here and then fall in love with the city once I had an opportunity to live here. So, yeah. Okay. So you're a second generation ready investor. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And a second generation banker, although I uh, that was not my plan. Uh-huh. But uh, I have a quick question for Bernie. I've always wanted to know what would be an ideal day in Columbia, Missouri for Bernie? Like if you have the day off, what's the ideal day look like? Okay. For exercise, I don't run anymore and don't ride a bike too much, but I like to walk. So I love to just walk down to the trails and just go for a nice long walk to start my day. Wouldn't want to do that this morning but, uh, <laughs> or tomorrow not. morning for sure. It's freezing rain out right now. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good day. Just spending time with my family. Uh, or my wife now, my kids have moved away, take advantage of some of the nice restaurants here in town, although I uh, don't take advantage as much as I used to. I mean, it's just Columbia is a great town for whatever you like to do. I mean, you know, whether we, you know, shop or go to nice restaurants, sporting events, there's always, always something to do here. My kids, uh, one lives in Kansas City, one in Chicago. I've got some family in St. Louis in Rolla is where my wife's family's from. So some weekend, I'm either going north, south, east, or west, it sounds like, to one of those cities, which is is fun. But yeah, we we like to base ourselves here and probably will for the rest of our lives. Nice. Well, thank you for that. It's a nice central location to to travel to all those places. It is. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bernie. I'm going to say that, you know, I sent a little love note to Bernie, letting him know that he was our first 
staff guest and I could hear the overjoy that was in his, you know, the giggling that came from his office when he received the email and his lovely response. But um, Bernie's always a good sport about things and certainly someone that everybody in our office looks up to as just really a wonderful professional role model and certainly somebody that knows a lot more than the rest of us do about economic development. So thanks, Bernie, for being awesome. Thanks, Todd. Todd, I'm also going to tell, see, that's the good news about being the person that's done this part the longest is Todd was a little nervous about starting his co-hosting journey. He was also awesome. And so we look forward to many more episodes. We're going to focus on the Ready Staff for a while. So that'll be super fun. And then we'll bring back in some more community members. If you have not listened to the other podcasts, you can. We are now on Apple, Spotify, lots of places to find us. And we will see you next time. So thanks for joining us today and stay ready. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you.